Welcome to the We're Alive Fancast. expensive version of it but uh what's your what's some of your fondest memories from childhood do you have any scary things that happened hmm not halloween no i remember around this time uh my sister and one of my cousins would always try to get me with the bloody mary oh man and i i believed it for a while that and candy man i believed i couldn't do it for the longest time and even now, I really am like, well, you know, why do I need to do that? You know, <laughs> there's no reason. There's no reason for me to do that. What? Just on the one percent chance it's. I I awesome. eventually did it just to get over it. Mm-hmm. And it was fine. Yeah, I think I did too. Probably a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> but I had a. I remember getting in the bathroom, and you know, the story I heard was if you said it three times, and so I'd say you know once or twice, and then. Boom! You know, leave the room completely and totally be freaked out. <laughs> it's funny. I remember one night we were watching a Halloween sh- special, and for some reason we either had already went trick uh, trick or treating or didn't go this particular Halloween, or we're just watching something, and all of a sudden, boom! This loud noise happened, and some you know some kids had thrown eggs at our window and hit it, and my dad went outside and took off sprinting after them, and it was a good thing they'd gotten a head start because they wouldn't have wanted him catching them. <laughs> it's so it's awesome but hey guys uh welcome to the halloween special of the we're live fan cast i'm mick and this is redbeard and we just kind of we don't really have a lot of weird live stuff to talk about this time but i thought it would be fun to to get together and maybe read a little bit of fan fiction and maybe a scary story or two we found on the internet does that sound like fun that sounds like a blast. <laughs> hey, real quick, uh, we, we can go ahead and do you want to go ahead and do our show corrections, or we're going to leave that for the... Uh... If you have them already together, shoot. Yeah. Uh, I don't have all of them prepared. I don't know why I even asked. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I did think of that, but it totally slipped my mind. But we'll we'll cover those corrections in Thursday's show. When yes. I guess it will actually drop... Well, we might drop it before Halloween, but just to be safe, it'll, it'll be out not, there by Thursday. Not surprising, Mr. Redbeard got some stuff wrong. <laughs> we both did i'm pretty sure a lot but you know yeah, it happens we're gonna do it and y'all can catch us because you <laughs> the internet is smarter than any anybody <laughs> the old internet <laughs> <laughs> well uh you want you want me to go first with my story sure i think you'll like it it's uh where did they go oh. here it is it's this is a this is a story by cream filling on the <laughs> On the forums. And uh, it's titled, When We Were Kids, A Pegs Fanfic. Uh. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. In the corner of the smallest apartment in the most rundown building in the ghettos of Los Angeles sat a brother and a sister. They shared a single thin blanket to shield them from the tearing winter air that cascaded through the cracked window opposite them, half covered by flapping, tattered, putrid green curtains. They had only each other. The lumpy couch, mothers. What little food was in the fridge, mothers. The empty glass bottles scattered through the room, also mothers. 
Even the blanket they huddled under was their mother's, but she wasn't home. A young, muscular boy named Alex wrapped his arm around his little sister. He was her guardian. Her eyes still viewed the world with the magical filter of youthful innocence. She was the princess, he was her protector, and their life was a dungeon to escape. Naivete was not a luxury he could afford. His focus was on the door, and his gaze piercing. A shiver from his little sister jolted him back to reality. Go to sleep, it'll be warmer in the morning, he said, pulling her tight to his side. Her light brown hair draped across his chest as she looked up at him. Bruises around her eyes from past outbreaks of their mother were still fresh. It's cold, her voice as sweet as a spring thunderstorm. Will mommy be back soon? I hope not, he whispered. Alex kissed her on the forehead and began to stroke her hair, prompting her to drift to sleep. Their home was not a home fit for humans. The dark room was stained with the scent of cigarette smoke and the remnants of crumpled life. The cracked, faded pink wallpaper, the rusty sink dripping water, the mouse droppings. A single light bulb hung from the ceiling. Trash and dead bugs covered the dirty, worn gray carpet. A neighbor screaming muffled through the walls. The heavy odor of mildew leaking from the ceiling riddled with large brown water stains. Then the silence was broken by rattling of keys on the other side of the door. In an instant, he instinctively began to feign sleep. The door opened and light poured in from the hall and their mother followed it. She stumbled in the room, rambling incoherently to herself kicking bottles out of the way as she dropped another one on the floor. Stopping before the couch, she looks confused as if she can't remember where she's put something. Tired, bloodshot eyes coming to rest on one of her children. Her eyes half open, Alex began to cringe, but she only leaned over and snatched the blanket from them. She was beautiful once, but her light brown hair was dry and her porcelain skin sagging. The stink of alcohol was on her breath, muttering insults and curses. She turned back towards her couch. Alex couldn't let this happen, but what choice did he have? Does his little sister go another night in the freezing cold? The fear of his mother had paralyzed him. She was so strong and full of rage, he knew the consequences if he dared speak up. Then his sister coughed lightly into his arm. With sudden resolve, he stood up and faced his mother. His little sister looked up at him curiously with her large, innocent eyes. He had to do this. Mom, give that back. Your daughter needs it, since you can't afford medicine to fix what you've already done to her, he said accusingly. What'd you say to me, you little brat? Her voice heavily slurred. You better shut your mouth before I shut it for you. Knowing what was about to come, he approached her. Please. Without hesitation, she swiped at his face and knocked him to the ground, adding the bruises she had given him. Ungrateful little bastard! How dare you, she snarled. To his horror, he saw his little sister run up towards their mother, begging for her to stop. With a kick, the girl went back into the corner. You little need a lesson. After pulling a small handgun from her purse on the couch, she pointed it at the little girl in the corner, her hand wobbly, eyes unable to focus, but she was drunk enough to fire. 
There was no choice now. Alex pulled a small kitchen knife, which he kept hidden from his shoe. With little effort, he jumped to his feet. No, Mom! She turned towards him. Her wild eyes caught the glint of the knife he held in front of him. Put away the gun, his voice shaking with desperation. Her face tightened as she raised the barrel, turning back to her daughter. Then he charged, tackling her to the floor. As their bodies hit the carpet, a shot rang out. Alex! she screamed, running over to them. He rolled off his mother's body, clenching his chest, the knife deep in his mother's neck. Blood poured from between his fingers. He looked into his sister's tear-filled eyes, kneeling beside him. Don't cry for Big Brother, okay? I don't want to see you sad anymore. She shook her head and tried to wipe away the tears with her sleeves, but did so unsuccessfully. I won't be with you anymore, but neither will Mommy. After tonight, you're going to live with someone who can protect you, feed you, and keep you warm. Where are you going? she asked. I'm going to die, he said, the words like stones in his throat. She wrapped her arms around his chest and squeezed. Go to the restaurant across the street and get help, he said, pushing his blood-splattered sister off of him, though he wanted to hold on to her until the very end, nudging her towards the door. He forced a smile at her through the pain. You're safe now, he said. Seeing her run out of the door for the last time, a tear began to form in his eye. You'll always have my love, Peggy. That was When We Were Kids, a Pegs fanfic by Cream Filling. What'd you think, man? First world problems. First world problems. <laughs> <laughs> All world problems. Oh, wow. That's that's a heavy one. That is. That's a, I was trying to find a scary one, but this one grabbed my attention for some reason. Um... Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to express any Peg's hate for you. <laughs> it's hard to after that. You just Well, you know, I know that's not real. It's not real. It could be. Uh, I mean, I, I could, I could uh, rip it apart, but that would be terrible. Because it's a good story. Yeah. So what do you mean, I'm, rip it apart? I'm, like, you know, break it down and make it fit my view of Peg's. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. I was like, no, it's like it's a, it's a well written no, story. It, it is well well written. I I can't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> I see. That was that was a well done story. It was good. Or or I could just accept it as it is and be like, well, in this 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 universe, Pegs is a strong person. Maybe. <laughs> well, this universe, Pegs is a broken person that needs some serious fixing. Yep. Poor thing. And in that case. Her and Michael still shouldn't be together because she's still broken. No. <laughs> but no, we're, we're not going to do that. I, no. I'd rather leave that out of there. Yeah, good story, Cream Filling. Thank you. And thanks for letting here. me use it. Did you have a fan fiction, or are you uh, just going to pull a... You're asking me if I found a fan fiction, or... Or if, uh, I didn't know if you found one or not, if you were reading a, a short horror story. Um, I found one. I don't. I don't know if it can top that. I almost hate reading it because <laughs> you found a we're alive fan fiction. Oh yeah, that was good. No, no I, I'm gonna re- also read uh, a different one from Kaylin Beattie. That's just a scary, you know, a scary little micro horror story. Oh okay, okay. Then that, then it's not so bad. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I have not read through this enough to really tell it right, but <laughs> I'll still do it. No, oh, it's you'll do a good job. I'm, I'll mute my mic real quick. 
Okay. I'm reading Negative Effect by Juliet Boyd on microhorror.com. Draw the spaces first, not the leaves. I can still hear her voice, my teacher. I didn't question her. I just started drawing the spaces, and she was right. The trees looked so much better when I didn't actually draw them. When I got home, I thrust my picture in my mother's face, expecting the usual oohs and ahs and pride of place on the fridge. Instead, she stiffened, her expression the same when she saw a spider in the bath. And she screamed. I grabbed my picture and ran to my room. The tears streamed. That night, as the light from the street lamp flickered upon my picture, I saw flashes of what she had seen. Images I had never intended to exist. Images of space. They stretched out towards me from between the branches. They peered around the gnarled trunks. There was nothing gentle about their spiky forms. I could feel them beckoning to me, but I wasn't scared. The next picture I drew in the spaces for all I was worth. Squares attached to triangles, circles that spiraled back into the depths of darkness. The shapes that were formed made my hands shake, but I couldn't put the pencil down, and I couldn't stop looking. The spaces wanted to exist, and I had been chosen to free them. I vowed to spend every spare minute drawing. I hid my creations under my bed until there was no room left. I had to put them under the clothes in my drawers and behind the toys in the cupboards. I could never throw them away. I found my mother in my bedroom, clutching a handful of my pictures. She was lying on the floor, her face contorted, her limbs rigid as stone. The vacuum cleaner still droning in the background. I didn't cry. I was furious. She had no right. I tried to free them, but her fingers wouldn't let go. The pictures ripped apart, the spaces disintegrated, my fingers bled with anger. They said she had a heart attack, but I knew better. I never draw now. When I walk along the street, I can see the shapes forming by the corners or hanging down from trees. They stretch towards me as I pass. They wait for their chance. I keep my arms pinned to my sides and take small steps. I never join in the game of tag or play on the swings. I stand with my back pressed against the wall. The other kids scoff at me, but I don't care. I will not be caught in the picture. And again, that's Negative Effect by Julia Boyd. Wow, was that a winner? Yeah, that was one of the winners. That was a winner from 2010. Oh, wow. This site has a little contest each year, and so that one won a, a best of the year, I guess. That's crazy. I'd have to go back and read it or listen to it again to catch everything in it. For Even for a micro-horror story, there was a lot in there. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So what ex- what exactly happened? He The pictures he drew invoked a strong fear in other people, especially his mother. And she died of a heart attack because of it? Like, he kept drawing, or she didn't say, he or she just kept drawing uh, different pictures and hid them underneath his bed because he didn't want to share them. Mm-hmm. And I guess when she was cleaning the room, she found the pictures and it gave her a heart attack. Wow. <laughs> Pretty crazy. That is. Well, our last story, our last story tonight is uh, Chiseled by Kaylin Beatty. Or Kaylin Beatty. And uh, thank Beattie. you. <laughs> thank you, Kaylin, for uh, letting me read this. It was also good to kind of chat with you a little bit about this so uh this one's a really short one it's only 
four paragraphs. And this is this is true micro horror from the microhorror.com site. But it's four paragraphs, and two of those paragraphs are just one sentence. So, okay. So uh, the last story here is chiseled by Kaylin Beatty. They say that art already exists, and that it's the role of the artist to find it. They say that one merely takes a blank canvas and adds paint to it until a picture reveals itself, as if it were waiting there all along. They say that one simply takes the blank page and adds words to it, adding them until finally the story just tells itself. They say you take a slab of marble and chip away at it until you find what's buried underneath, like a fossil that's just waiting to be found. After I finish my drink, I think I'll get a chisel and chip away at this block. Maybe she made it out of the ropes before the concrete set. Maybe she struggled her way into an interesting pose. Maybe she's become my masterpiece and is just waiting to be revealed. Again, that was chiseled by Kaylin Beatty. Nice. <laughs> yeah. That's a little more straightforward. I guess the other one was straightforward. I was just too dense to get it the first read through. But uh, yeah, when I read this one, I was like, I re I really want to read this one. It's twisted. It kind of reminded me of the Cask of Amontillado. Do you remember that Edgar Allan Poe where they kind of uh, bury somebody? Oh the yeah, yeah. But man, he put a put her into a concrete block. Now he's gonna chip it open. That's pretty crazy. But anyways, I hope these uh these nice little scary stories will give you something to listen to on Halloween. And again, we we appreciate you guys listening and uh, giving us feedback. And again, we'll have a show on Thursday. Yep. And I don't the know normal if... coverage of we're live. That's right. You can expect that Thursday after Chapter Thirty Eight, Part Two. And I don't know if we said it in the beginning, but I'm Mick. <laughs> And this is Redbeard. And happy Halloween. Thanks for listening to the We're Alive Fancast. If you would like to send feedback to the show, you can email us at we'realive at mickred.com, and we will read your mail on the show. We want to know what you think about We're Alive each week. Tweet us or email us your theories and reactions to that week's show. You can tweet us at, at WAFancast. Visit our website at mickred.com. Mickred is always spelled M-I-C-K-R-E-D. You can find the We're Alive Fancast on Facebook. Just search We're Alive Fancast. Special thanks to Kevin McLeod for letting us use his song Ghost Apocalypse in this podcast. This has been a Mick Red production. 